Hello and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Cuyahoga County Common Police Court. I'm your host, Darren Toms. Today we're talking with Judge Brian J. Corrigan, who retires from the bench in January of 2023. Judge Corrigan sat down with us about a month before he stepped down from the bench. Judge Brian Corrigan, good morning. Thank you for taking time to sit and talk to us as we uh, come to the end of a distinguished career. Thank you. How long have you been a judge in the Common Pleas Court? It'll be 30 years at the end of my term. Does it seem like 30 years or has it gone like a blink? Uh, It's like they say, the days go by slowly, but the years go by quickly. And that's pretty much it. And as I walk through the building, I'm seeing people that arguably I'm not going to see again, you know, for one reason or another. And it's kind of very uh, bittersweet, melancholy, because you know you've got all these friends and stuff, people you've cracked wise with, poked fun at. I walk in the building in, in the morning and I run into people in the basement uh, that, that are busy moving boxes of papers around to help us do our job. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to see Dominic anymore. I'm saying, How's it going? You know, what about the Browns? Or the usual chit chat kind of thing that you're, it's not going to be there anymore. And so what fills the day and makes it fun is kind of, kind of be on the sideline. Uh, so 30 years, how many times have you been reelected then? Uh, five, right? Five times six, 30, right? Yeah. And, you know, you talked about uh, being with the people here at the Justice Center. What has it meant to you uh, to hold this position for the people of Cuyahoga County? Well, I think it's a, it's a singularly great honor to be in this position. And uh, anything that has been successful or I've done well, I can't take full credit for. We've got over 500 people here, 500 people who support us. We've got the schedulers, the court reporters, staff attorneys, all of our probation officers, uh, secretaries, all these people work in conjunction with us. And any success that I may enjoy is their success too. And we're lucky we have the people we have. We really are lucky. With that in mind, what's your fondest memory of being on the bench? Can you pin one down? Well, every now and then you have somebody that you maybe cut a break to in the criminal arena, come back and thank you for it. Those are few and far between. There's been some courtroom humor where in the middle of a murder case, the witness on the stand identified the perpetrator as juror number three. Uh, Juror number four was sitting right next to him. They were buddies by this time. (laughs) He starts laughing, just almost fell out of the chair laughing. And, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been some comedy, a lot of sadness, a lot of sadness. Because we try to balance the scales of justice as best we can, but we also know that the tools we have are inefficient and ineffective in many regards. A, a person gets killed in an automobile accident. At the end of the day, we throw some money to try to make the, uh, the rest of the family's life a little better, but you can never replace the person. Same thing is true in the criminal arena. I put, I put people in jail for a lifetime. I've done one death, death case where he got the uh, uh, death penalty. It, it still doesn't balance things back out towards the victims. It just, it's a token effort to make things right, but it doesn't complete the project. How has the system changed in the three decades you've been on the bench? Well, 
One significant change, in my opinion, is that when I got on the bench, the structure of the courts was strictly administration of law. In the 30 years I've been here, the trend has been more towards social work. Uh, we still focus on the victims, of course, but we also focus on, on the defendants to see what we can do to get them out of this cycle of, uh, you know, getting into trouble, getting in probation, getting out of trouble, and then getting back into trouble. And that, that cycle of recidivism, uh, we, we do more for that now than ever before. And, and that's evidenced by all these, these specialty courts we have, where the, the judge has the ability to marshal assets to help people on his or her docket be successful. You know, not just be, not just have these defendants be placeholders in the probation system, but rather be materially changed so that when they come out, they're actually a better person. Um, I'm looking around your office and obviously you're, you're packing up. Uh, have you always been in this office? Yeah, the, the, the short version of the career of Brian Corrigan was he took office on January 14th, 1993 in courtroom 22A and in January 13th of, of 2023, he left court from 22 for the last time. So that's like the, the short version of it. Yeah, I've always been in this room. So you never wanted to switch over to the Lakeview? No, you know, what happened was, across the way from me was originally, I think, Judy Koch, and we got along pretty well. And so when you've got a, an ability for the judges to get along and their bailiffs to get along, why upset the apple cart for a different view? So then now uh, Brendan's over there, Brendan Sheehan, and uh, Leo, and currently uh, uh, Laura get along well. So, you know, it's, it's a good system. It's part of keeping everything calm at this end because there's enough chaos out in the courtroom we have to deal with. Uh, any big plans for your retirement? Do you plan to put your hat in the ring as a visiting judge? Uh, no plans for a visiting judge. I pretty much had it uh, 30 years listening to people complain is enough. Although that's today, that could change in the future. I'm not going to completely eliminate that, but I, I tend to doubt it. The short-term plans, I really don't have any. I've never been to Paris, so I do want to go to Paris. And uh, I also have never been to Quebec. I'd like to go up to Quebec and work my way back down Montreal, Toronto, something like that with my wife. Do you have hobbies? Well, if you call working on cars and electronics hobbies, although crying out loud, nobody fixes things in electronics anymore. Everything is, uh, if it breaks, you throw it out. But yeah, I, 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 have, <laughs> I have a collection of arcade games in my basement that are in dire need of uh, work, and I want to work on those. I'll volunteer to come over and test them for you. <laughs> Good for you. You're more than welcome. Um, it takes a special person to um, be a judge and to have to make the difficult decisions that you do. What do you feel it takes to be on the bench? Well, what we, we don't do rocket science here. But if you come in with a good heart and you're well-intentioned, I think you'll be successful as a judge. Uh, we have all different types of people. Some people take a more strict attitude towards people. Other has a little more laid back. Uh, it all blends together to create what we've got now. Uh, I can't say that one one methodology works better than another. But here, look, back in the 90s, there was a press 
that any drug case should be punished severely. And that was the operational philosophy. Oh, you get, okay, probation on the first one, second one, you're going to prison, that type of thing. It didn't work, it didn't work. So the system slowly reacts and changes. And I think if you've got the good heart and you've got a person who is worthy of a shot, you give it to the person. Recently, I had this woman, it was a burglary, and it pled down to felony three, so there was no uh, mandate for prison. 43 years old, never been in trouble before. But it was a burglary. So how do you weigh that stuff? Uh, a victim came in down here, uh, he lived over in Slavic Village. Nice fella, uh, and I could understand his concern because he's in a position where he wants to save that area. On the other side of the coin, if I put her in prison and then she comes out, there's a good likelihood that she'll be worse than when she went in, at least in terms of attitude. So I, I put her over in the CBCF and give her a shot that way. Uh, it was, it's not easy because we, we tend to look at things either from the victim standpoint or from the, the uh, perpetrator standpoint, but you gotta be somewhere in the middle on that stuff. That's where the decision making gets hard because you wanna, most people wanna naturally please somebody else. And so they angle their decision basis on that. And um, so uh, it, it's, that becomes difficult because I don't know what the victim thought about that sentencing, but I did mention to him on the record that it was, like she had no priors, 43 years old, very atypical perpetrator. And I suspect the co, wasn't a co-defendant, because I don't think they caught him up, caught up with him yet, but uh, I suspect that it might have been a boyfriend leaning on the girlfriend, suckered her into doing something that she otherwise wouldn't have. Um, as your career as a judge draws to a close, do you have advice for new attorneys, uh, maybe in law school or just starting? Well, I like, I like to tell the attorneys that the young ones, they're familiar with the, with the rules of court and the local rules of court, but then there are the local, local rules of court. Those are the ones that vary from courtroom to courtroom in this building. And you've got to get down here and appear in front of people to get an idea of what's going on. Back when I started, now this was obviously pre-COVID back in the 80s, when I started practicing, there was a couple of tables always in the cafeteria in the morning in the back of the cafeteria that were shoved together and a bunch of attorneys prosecution and defense and occasionally a judge would be walking by and join in they'd be discussing cases or just the news of the day or the uh, Cleveland uh, Indians back then guardians now and uh, and if anybody needed help on a case specifically like a young guy like myself it was there people would give it to you now there's more isolation you know and you got to get up to the courtroom to get an idea of, of what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with. I mean, part of the, part of the uh, responsibility of the attorney, I think, is to have some sense of what the reasonable outcome of their case is going to be to properly guide their client. So if you've got a judge that's a harsh sentencer, you might, they have to know that, but how do they find that out if they're a new attorney? They really have to come down here. Get on the assignment list, in other words. So any final words for the staff or your colleagues in the Justice Center? I guess the only thing I really want to say to the staff and the college, my colleagues, and this goes for everybody on the staff, is thank you. Uh, you've done a really great job of making me look 
better than I really am. And for that, I appreciate you. Uh, like I said earlier, we've got a lot of good people. Uh, people that don't get any recognition beyond what happens up here and the occasional thank you. But it's, it's the hard work and diligence of our staff that really makes this place work. Judge Brian Corrigan, thank you very much, and we wish you the very best in your retirement. Thank you very much, and feel free to come over and play the bowling machine. <laughs>